Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. You are going to absolutely love my next guest. Her energy and vibe is next level. When I went to the summer market with a girlfriend to spice up the night with some booth perusing, good food and live entertainment, I never expected to feel like I'd been whisked away to some tropical destination without a care in the world. When Sherelle took the stage, the energy shifted. It was electric. She brought out so much love and lightness and fun and good energy. She was memorable. I honestly don't think it would have been possible for anybody to walk by and not instantly be put in a good mood. In 2016, Sherelle says that she decided to burn her ship, quit her full-time job and pursue her passion. And that is when Soka Fit was created. And thank goodness she did because the world needs more of her and people pursuing their passions. Hey, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. What an intro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I swear to God, like everybody at that market that night, like left in a good mood, left with a high vibration. And they're probably all thinking the same thing as me. I'm like, she's like sunshine in a bottle. Like (laughs) we all need more of that. And like you living out and doing your passion and your vibe is just, um, so electric and just amazing like it's hard to even explain like I swear the air was different that night so, <laughs> yeah it was amazing <laughs> okay so let's back up to 2016 right before you decided to burn your ship what were yeah. you doing at that time and what inspired you to light it up on fire okay so at that time I was actually an IT recruiter for the government so it was a, a completely different um, job. And, um, it was just high stress. Like I had anxiety going into work in the morning. Like I couldn't sleep at night. Like it was, it was a rough time. And, um, I had conversations with my fiance and I said, you know, I, I think I want to do Soka Fit full time. And we obviously had to have a conversation of like, okay, there's going to be some shifts and, you know, um, money coming in and everything like that. So, have those conversations and thankfully I have a very supportive supportive fiance and he was and he's the one who's like Cheryl you just gotta burn your ship and I was like burn my what <laughs> I was like what ship what ship he's just like you gotta burn your ship and um pursue it but if you're going go hard um there's no halfway with this so I said okay I gave in my notice and from there it was just go, 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 and no turning back. And I don't regret it at all. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That is completely opposite. So do you want to tell the listeners that don't know what it is, like how polar opposite these two are like working it in the government to, um, tell, tell them about what Soka fit is so they can (laughs) understand. Yeah. So the IT recruitment side was literally sitting at a desk. Um, you know, your traditional, 8 a.m. start time, finishing out of office at 5 p.m. When you get home, you're still working and recruiting, um, sitting at a desk, just, you know, regular, regular stuff. It was it was very challenging. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then um, I'm a very active energy. I have to be moving all the time um, type of person. So it didn't resonate within me. It was literally a job that I was just doing because I needed to do it. Like I need to survive and you have to work. Right. Um, so my shift into Soka fit, I was still dancing at the time when I was an IT recruiter, but it was more so, you know, every Friday night or Saturday night, I would have practice with, um, uh, I used to do a professional hip hop crew with, um, all women fly girls. So we had our practices there and we do performances, but it wasn't full, full time. So then my shift into Soka fit was the, when the full time happened, um, And that allowed me to truly be myself. And um, yes, I was doing hip hop, but it wasn't me. My background is Trinidadian. When I grew up, 
I grew up in a very traditional like Trini home. Like my father played steel drums. I would wake up to steel drums. I'd fall asleep to steel drums. My mom would be cooking Caribbean food. We'd be listening to Caribbean music every single day. So that was who I, who I was, who I am. So um, with Soka Fit, it literally brought me back to my roots and who I am as a person. Um, and just that energy is, the music, the food, the culture, everything like that. So polar opposite. And now I'm like living my authentic life. Wow. Yes. And I mean, like just listening to the music that night when you were performing, like, I don't know what it is about. Yeah. Like the music, the culture, the vibe, the, the movement, it was incredible. So, um, you had that in your house with your your dad on the yeah. drums and your mom cooking the food. So you were born in Canada. Yes. 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 Born and in Canada, so small town. Have you went back um, to yes. Trinidad? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was very lucky. So it's me and my siblings. Every single year, my parents would take us to Trinidad for a month. So um, I've been back and forth a lot throughout um, years growing up in Morinville is where I'm originally from. Um, and then there was one point in my life that I said I was going to move back to Trinidad. I was going to move to Trinidad for good. I was like six months. My dad was looking at me. My mom was looking at me like, are you sure? I'm like, hey, I'm going to move back to Trinidad. I was there for about six months or three months, I think. And I was like, no, I want to go back home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was young. <laughs> um, but yeah, like even as you touch on the music too, it's it's something I and I, I say this all the time, it literally takes over your entire being. Um, and there's so many people who say, like, oh, I can't dance and da-da-da. But I say, like, once the music plays, something in your body is gonna move, whether it be you're gonna snap your fingers, tap your foot, you know, move your shoulders, something will move. And I think what happens is that we we fight our we the urge to move. And we don't allow our bodies just to, you know, to be and like enjoy that moment. So that's definitely what happens to me when I listen to soca music. Um, and when I say my comfort place, like I'm, everyone laughs because I'm really a shy person. When I tell you I'm shy, I'm very shy. But when I go on stage, people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's total opposite, but I'm a very shy person. Um, but when the music comes on, it just kind of, it, it, all of the shyness just goes away and I'm just exactly what it is. I'm transported to a different place in that moment. Mm, I love that. And so did you dance then growing up, like through your childhood or, or where did you get the desire to be um, like, to hold the classes and, and mm -hmm. get into it that way? So um, I did dance growing up. I started dancing when I was about nine years old, but for like when I was dancing when I was nine, it was hip hop probably up until like nine to, geez, about 20 years old. Um, so it was hip hop. And then I would go, I went into like the funk style. So I used to do popping and locking again, polar opposite um, <laughs> and house, but with the music, um, and my dad, I guess, playing the pan and everything like that. I, I guess I was always dancing. I was always dancing. It just wasn't in a studio space, but there was always rhythm that was always flowing through my body. And I feel like even when um, I was in my mom's belly, like, I, just, like I, I don't know, I always laugh and be like, I'm pretty sure I came out dancing. Like, <laughs> pretty sure. So I feel like, yeah, it was always in me. It's always in me. I love that. Okay. So then you decided to burn your ship. Um, mm -hmm. You had your fiance was so supportive. Thank goodness. Yeah. So then yeah. what did it look like to transition from, you know, Friday night, Saturday night to the full time um, jumping yeah. in? My goodness. What did it look like? Craziness. Um, not knowing what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, Figuring it out, basically, like the first couple, honestly, the first couple of years was trial and error. My first class was um, my mom and her friends. And <laughs> this is when Zumba was starting up. Um, but it was my mom and my friend, her friends. And she was always saying, you know, for her, the music never resonated with her when she would do Zumba. 
So we all knew Caribbean soca music. So I'm like, all right, mom, hear me out. Just hear me out. Just, you know, you and a couple of your friends come. We're going to go in the basement. Just I'll be super nice. It'll be easy. And that was, yeah, that was my first class. And then transitioned into getting friends to come and just saying, hey, you know, let's come in a studio and I just want to show you some stuff. And then from there, I think it was just word of mouth. And then it just started soaring and word of mouth traveled more. And then, yeah, that's basically what it looked. I'm telling you a very clean way, but honestly, what it looked like was like, it was all over the place. It wasn't a straight line. <laughs> right. Okay. So how, how did you stay grounded or how did you keep going through all of it? Like all the trial and error, probably the ups and downs that came, how did you um, continue with it and not just go back to like this safe space or space job, I guess that you had before? Um, there were a lot of times that I, I was like, you know what, I, I want to quit. I don't want to do this. Um, but then my fiance was like, we talked about this. <laughs> you knew it was going to be hard. So basically what's up? Like, like it was, he was honestly, he was my little, like that person on your shoulder that when you have doubt, he's just like flick it away. And he was just like, no, you knew it was going to be hard. Like, I'm not allowing you to give up on this. And having those conversations um, with him honestly really helped because if like, we have the, the imposter syndrome, right? Not good enough. And that voice was so loud um and just having someone to kind of interject those thoughts and then bring you back and realize you know remembering your why why this is so important to you why you burned your ship and you said hey if I'm going to do this I'm going to do this and I'm not going to give up on myself but also give up on the people who believed in me right um so yeah I think staying grounded was it was hard but also keeping having conversations with people who mean something to me and they have my best interests at heart. So a lot of conversations with my parents, a lot of tears with my parents and being like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And, and, and having my fiance, like he'd see me going up and down and like, just literally lay there and just be like, you know, I, I, I don't know what I did. Why, why did I do this? And <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> to be brutally honest, like whenever, if anyone ever says like, oh yeah, it's simple. It's, it's, it's like anything it's work. It is work. Right. So yeah, I think just having conversations, having good, um, a good group of people around you who genuinely care for your best interests, And they having those conversations of like, they don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. So I think that's basically what kept me grounded. Mm, I love that. Um, yeah. So when, after you did that class with your mom and her girlfriends, what was the reaction from them? They loved it. And I think, you know what, it, it was okay. It was a love and hate because I, I went a little too hard with them. <laughs> <laughs> like go big or go home. This is the first time you girls are going to crush it. <laughs> I went a little too hard with them. And like, it was so weird to like, have my mom that I'm like, I don't care if you're tired, keep going. <laughs> but like, and then like after the class, I had to humble myself, be like, hey mom, good job. Like, don't kill me. <laughs> like, no, it was they they loved it because yes, it was challenging, but at the same time, there was such a deeper connection for them because it was, it reminded them of home. Mm. Right. It reminded them of home. And that was the sole purpose. Um, and that's why I keep doing it. I always check in with my mom and like my family because I want to be the best representation of one, my family, my distant family, my ancestors are I want to be the best representation of the culture. So if there's ever something that I have a gut feeling about, I'll always go to them and say, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Like, you know, is this the best move? Because you know, it could go totally self and I just don't it's not just me that I'm representing I'm representing like family and everything like that whole culture right so yeah they like I said love hate relationship but um they came back oh thank <laughs> goodness <laughs> yeah crush them the first time give them a few days to recover yeah. and then okay back at it okay let's go back to yeah. your why mm -hmm. what was your why for creating this space where you can um 
So in when I grew up in Mournville, um, it, it was very distant from Edmonton. So um, in terms of culture for Caribbean culture, like I said, it was only within my house that I experienced that, right? Um, and what happened, see, my dad actually, he was one of the founding members of Kerry West in Edmonton here. So it's like a, it's like Carabana, but it's Carnival, Kerry West. So um, Caribbean Western Carnival Association. So um, being in with that and the music and everything like that and growing up and my friends started having kids and their kids didn't really have anything to relate back to their culture. And as well as my friends too, like we, we had Carrie West, but it was literally just like a weekend of us like being able to dance and, you know, or there was some parties, but not everyone's a partier, right? So for me, it was, my why was one to, for me to reconnect um, to the culture and to always be connected to that, but also for like friends, family, um, little kids, because there's like, I teach kids classes as well. And it's an opportunity for them to explore something different, but as well as people outside of the Caribbean community too, too. There's a lot of people who feel like, you know, when they think of the Caribbean, they think of just Jamaica, but it's like, no, there's so much, many more islands, Barbados, Trinidad, you know, and there's so much that um, Caribbean culture has to offer. And I feel like um, Soka fit was like the perfect opportunity to kind of bridge that gap. And in regards to the fitness aspect of it, because Soka fit was basically Soka and fitness. We just combined the two. The fitness aspect of it is um, I, I've always been active, always been in the gym. Um, and I think what really triggered everything is I was training for a um, figure competition. And I, I just had it being in the gym for hours and hours and hours. And every time I played soca music in my headphones, I'm like, okay, I got this. <laughs> it gave me like a second wind. <laughs> so in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, if I'm feeling this way, but when I hear soca music, it kind of pushes me. Let me see how that works with everybody else. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the why of what Soka fit. It was just, yeah, to bring, bridge the, the culture, the fitness, the music, and everything together and really be a platform where everybody can experience it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. How incredible, like, to experience other cultures. Just for me that night, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, there's so much out there that isn't just readily available or that you don't hear about, or, you know, I'm like, this is something that I definitely would love more of. So <laughs> I love that you're bringing that and the fitness aspect of it too. It's like, you know, killing two birds with one stone, you exactly. go and have an incredible time. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, for people who do your classes, like there's just no way you can't be, <laughs> you know, vibing in a good mood. So you just go out and get this incredible hit um, your endorphins and then yeah. you're, um, getting the fitness in at the same time mm -hmm. and experiencing that culture, which is so incredible. So you say you work with kids as well as adults. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think when did I start doing the kids classes, it was maybe about four or five years ago. Um, I was asked to do a kids program. Um, and basically it, it's similar to the adults, but, um, it's just teaching them movement and getting them familiar with different music. Um, and we would bring in guests like in Trinidad, we have something called stick fighting. So I would bring in a, we had a gentleman here in Edmonton and I would bring him in to show the art of stick fighting and Anything I do is I always like to attach um, some form of education behind it. So um, you know why you're moving, right? So like if you're dancing to soca, it's like, yeah, we're jumping up and everything is fun. And then when we understand that, yeah, soca was here to bring people together, bring cultures together, that's, it, it gives you a little bit more reason to like jump up a little bit higher or laugh a little bit louder, right? So um, yeah, with the kids classes, it's so similar. There's the education part. They're moving. They're learning something different. And like you said, it's something that is not readily available um, that they're learning in schools or anything like that. So, yeah. I love that. 
And you, so you do online classes now, but you didn't used to, like you were kind of forced into it um, when the pandemic hit. So you used to have in person and did you, like you traveled to Grand Prairie where I'm at um, to do the entertainment. Did you travel a lot before, or was it like just in a, in Edmonton in the studio? Um, Before, uh, so classes, like I would do, I've had like classes in Winnipeg, like just throughout Canada, basically. So Winnipeg, um, Grand Prairie, Calgary, um, Toronto, a long time ago, but predominantly in Edmonton is where home is. Okay. So then um, this going online, even though you had said it was kind of a hard thing to do for you, (laughs) um, opened, opened it up to like so many more people around the world right Mm -hmm. yeah that that little online aspect was uh interesting (laughs) yeah um I guess how that happened yeah so the pandemic and prior to that um few like I would say a year before um everything happened I had a plan of going online I wrote it all out. This is going to happen. But then that cool friend imposter syndrome popped in and was like, no, you're not going online. And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Where was your fiance? Where was he? He was still there, but this voice was a lot louder. (laughs) And it just came to the point that like his voice was like, okay, yeah, drifting off, drifting off. But the imposter was like loud. And, um, yeah, it pandemic hit. And I was like, okay, we sat down and I was like, I have two options, either stop this immediately or go online. And I took a big breath in and I'm like, screw it, I'm gonna go online. And um, scariest moment of my whole entire life, I feel like. Even to this day, I think about it and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> okay, what what was it about the online? Because you'd think you know, in person, it might be more imposter because people are right there and online, you kind of have that, um, not, I don't know, not disconnect, but I mean, you're farther away from them. So you could be like, what was it about the online? You know what? Uh, You're going to laugh. Online is because (laughs) I talk about those numbers funny. Um, it's because it was opening it up to more people. And because of that, I was like, the shyness came in and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm comfortable with who I like, who the, like my group, my crew here, I'm comfortable with that. Like they all accept me for who I am. I don't want to face the rejection. Like I, I was setting myself up. I was playing myself. That's what I was doing. Mm. Playing myself. (laughs) So yeah, when I knew that like the audience was going to grow and it is online. Like online is a scary place to be because anybody can say anything behind a screen. Right. So, um, that was my biggest fear. And, um, when I went online, it's funny because I said I was scared, but then when I went online, instead of like putting barriers to make, make sure nobody could take the class, I made it free. So I was doing free online classes for about three or four months and it was three days a week and it was all on Zoom and that's when things exploded. And once I started to see registration from like Morocco, New York, England, I was like, oh gosh, no, stop. (laughs) How incredible, (laughs) like seriously, that is just insane that you know, like I said, your vibe and what you have to offer, like people from around the world are wanting it. Like, it's not just your close circle anymore. It's like, these people are like, who it? Yeah. That is so incredible. It was, it was terrifying. But, and then like, like you said, like I, when I teach, I'm very energy based. Right. So I always say like, if I'm teaching, like I'll feed off of your energy, the amount of energy you give me, I will give it right back to you. Right. So that's cool in person but when you're online it's completely different and there's not everyone's comfortable putting their cameras on right and I didn't know how many people were going to come I didn't know if it was going to be one person I didn't know if it was going to be five people and all five of them were going to have a blacked out screen and I'm just going to be jumping and yelling by myself and being like (laughs) laughing behind my tears (laughs) this is so fun (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, it ended up my first probably throughout the, the whole three sessions, it was about 30 to 40 people that we would consistently have. So it was a nice mix of screen, non-screen, right? But then it also, like, I had to remind myself, like, yes, this is new, but this is also something that you are learning and be okay to communicate that. Because when once I communicated that to people, like, hey, this is my first time online. Zoom is not the most reliable thing because it was when everybody was going on Zoom. If this cuts out, we'll come back. Like, and and I just had to adjust in terms of the energy of being like, I can feel your energy through the cords. I can feel it through the screen. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I had to um, navigate that situation. The more I did it, the more comfortable I felt. And then after like the fourth month, I was just like, why didn't I do this before? Like, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah, I got this. Like, why? Why did I wait it out so long to do so it? Long. So long. But I'm I'm very grateful that I was able to um, navigate that situation. Um, and it, I mean, if anything, yeah, it's it's broadened my horizons with Soka Fit in terms of how far it can go, and um, made me realize that yeah, I do talk myself out of a lot of stuff, which I don't do anymore. Well, sometimes, but not as much. And that voice isn't as loud. Um, but yeah, I would say that's the biggest takeaway from that is just the, like, don't allow self-doubt to sabotage you. Right. Um, I know. I think there's so many, well, I know so many people out there that have, you know, have all these dreams and desires and, that is exactly what is sabotaging it is a self doubt because it can be debilitating. But once you, you know, figure out how to kick that out of the equation. And yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it comes anyways and you do it anyways. Right. And the, the doubt might be still there or like smaller, but you just have to show up and do it anyways, because, you know, some people might be waiting till they feel a hundred percent. Okay. Or great. And it's like, no, 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 no. All of these amazing things that are happening. Um, it's scary as hell. It's uncomfortable. There is some imposter syndrome, but I'm just showing up and doing it anyways. And when you did like, look at how, um, your horizon just brought in, like that is so, so incredible. Yeah. I think that that's the bit, the biggest thing that you said, um, is just show up. Like, just show up. Like, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> really? I feel like there'd be more regret in not attempting it than, you know, just showing up and say, hey, I, I tried. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I know. And it's like, we're all human. We, are, we all mm-hmm. fall on the ground and make mistakes and just got to keep getting up. And it might be a little embarrassing Marlon. sometimes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <I put> off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now you're doing in-person and online. And so are you looking to still travel um, around Canada or around the world? Now you have some people from the States and in some other countries that are joining your classes. Are those some different places that you might um, go in person to? Yes. I'm not going to say mine. I'm going to do it. I will do it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Damn it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, um, I, my ultimate dream is to just host a massive Soka Fit conference, like, and just have everybody come together. And even when we we're doing the online thing um, with everybody from all over, I was just like, yeah, you know what? We need to meet because now we've, we've created this connection online. We need to actually meet. And even the people in Edmonton, like they have good relationships with the people in New York. And, you know, it's, it's good that we're starting off like this, but I'm like, there needs to be a point in time that we actually collectively meet. So it's like if Edmonton or the Alberta crew, we all fly out to the States or wherever, but Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, my goal is to travel the world, go to the Caribbean, travel the islands and teach there and, um, have a team and just, yeah, take over. 
<laughs> wow, I love it. I know. Like I, I totally get, I think that's so cool how you've created this community. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was in person at first and now it's expanded to online and you can do both where when travel is open and people can get together, I'm sure everybody's going to be like, sign me up let's <laughs> together. Let's meet in person. Let's, because I think there, there is something to, I mean, you know, you have to create the energy through the screen, through the cords, all the things, but there's just something about being in person, like in that air with the people around you. That is just, um, such a beautiful thing. Yeah. You feel it so much more, so much more. Um, so what were some of the biggest blessings that have come out of burning your ship and now I guess living out your your passion and um I would say my biggest blessing would be me being able to live like my authentic like being myself um, I feel like when I was working in office jobs, like I was, I definitely like stayed in my comfort zone. Um, I was quiet and I, I would listen to my soca music, but it would be so low so that no one else could hear it. <laughs> and I always just thought, you know, like there's, I, I don't know how far I can push it. And I'm not like, I'm not a wild person, but I'm not like, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I, I'm representing a whole like different company that is not in line with like the things that I believe in, right? Or it, it may be, but we never, this is not even the opportunity to have those conversations, right? Um, whereas now I, I can be me. Like if I, I, I can be loud, I can, I can blast my music and tell people to, you know, jam with me and, um, it's it there it's it's so hard to explain it but it's I can just be me like I can just be me that's it uh, yeah it <laughs> feels so much lighter a hundred percent it does like living waking up in the morning and just you know not having the feeling of like it was, it was paralyzing sometimes that like I would wake up and I would just have panic attacks of having to go into work and realizing after the fact that that's no way to live like and some of us have like some of us yeah there, there's no option and you have to do that but just knowing that you know I have the option and the support system that I was able to come out of that because I don't honestly I don't know the type of person I would have been would be right now if I stayed in that uncomfortable space um and and health-wise I knew it wasn't good because I'm like I don't know if this is a panic attack or I'm happening or I just really don't want to go into work but I'm like well, I feel like it's a panic attack <laughs> like, <this is> not <laughs> normal. <laughs> so do do some of the old um co-workers of yours recognize the person who you you are today who you, who is authentically you but couldn't you couldn't show up that way I guess in that position are they like who is this girl or we always yeah. knew that was you <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny because um, my, my account manager, um, we we're still really good friends and like, he'll, he'll check my YouTube, my Instagram page. We're like, we'll meet up. And he's like, he calls me George. He's like, George, it's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> like, I see what you're doing, George. And we laugh about it, but he, yeah, he, he loves it. Um, he supports it. And even all of my, my past um, coworkers, same thing too. Like, they, we still have a great relationship and they all support it. They love it. And you know what? I, I honestly feel like um, I could have been myself in those scenarios. It's just, it, it just didn't, I didn't, I probably stopped myself from doing it um, because me being myself, they all still like gravitate towards me. We all still have great connections, right? So um, yeah, we all laugh, but yeah, they definitely, they're just like, yeah, this is Sherelle. <laughs> I love that. I know. I think it's so important for people to find a way to, I mean, your career is half of your life. You spend half of the time there. And I think a lot of people were probably have been in that situation before where they go there showing up as one form of themselves and then yeah. they leave. And then it's like, you know, the, the other 
form of themselves. And I get you have to like uh, kind of be a chameleon depending on, you know, what the job is and different tasks and stuff like that. But um, I think a lot of people maybe shy away from um, sharing who they really are authentically with the crew that they're around them. Why do you think people do that way? Do you think it's because of maybe not being accepted or rejection? Yeah, I, definitely, I think it's fear, fear and rejection, definitely, because you, you don't know how that other person's going to react. It could be positive, but at the same time, it could be negative, right? Um, and I guess that's the, like, we, I feel like as humans, we like, we make the decision for other people and we just like avoid it at all costs. Cause I, like I said, I could have been my, like, I could have been the Sherelle that I am now and they could have accepted it, but I made the decision. I'm like, no, they're not going to accept it. So let me um, dim my lights to make the room more comfortable that's what I did. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. There's so much in that because yeah, it wasn't them necessarily not accepting you as your authentic self. Maybe you would have just, um, brightened up the whole room. Right. So, um, I think if anybody's listening, that's such a valuable takeaway. Sometimes it is us dulling ourselves, um, mm-hmm. based on our own stuff, not anybody else's right. Yeah, Make it more comfortable. And I mean, mm-hmm. even if there is somebody who doesn't get it or doesn't love it, well, who the hell cares? Because I mean, some people are going to love you and some people aren't, but yeah. um, you definitely don't want to dull yourself no. and put yourself away for anybody else's comfort. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was just like my aha moment we just had. <laughs> <laughs> for bringing me there. <laughs> love it. Yes, I know. I think so many people have been in that situation before. So yeah, shine brightly. The world needs more of that for sure. Um, okay. I have some final questions for you. Um, okay. So how do you want everyone who leaves one of your classes to feel? Um, Okay, so the first word that comes to my head when you ask that is just joy and happiness. Um, I guess words, sorry. Um, Yeah, joy and happiness. And I want them to feel like, you know what, it's okay to be myself. Like, whenever I'm teaching a class, I, I, I encourage like the laughing and the silliness and, you know, just not being so focused on like, oh my gosh, I need to move on the one, two, three, and the seven and eight. No, just just in this moment in time, just enjoy the movement and see what your body does with it. So um, yeah, I just, I want them to take away a feeling of happiness, um, joy, and knowing that they were themselves in that moment. Oh, I love that. Um, and I just have to bring it back too, to <clears throat> the performance that you did that night. I mean, there was people of all ages from like, I don't know, six month old babies in their mama's arms, just grooving to like, um, people probably in their sixties and seventies. And I loved how there was men who, you know, sometimes they sit back and watch or like, can't get silly or can't have fun. Like that just, it brings people out of their shells because you cannot not move. And it invites people. I know even when I was sitting there, um, grooving, um, in the back kind of watching, I'm like, like nobody there. I didn't feel judgment. Do you know how sometimes you go out dancing and some people are like, Oh, look at, you know, the people who are sitting on the side lines and don't dance, but they have something to say about everybody else's moves that are having fun. Um, but here, I just felt like everybody was just kind of in their element and the music did, did something. And it was so cool to see such a variety of ages and both men and women just really, uh, feeling the joy and enjoying themselves. And I think then they can come back to the memory and and feel it again afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, that time, like, Oh, I remember how amazing that felt. And yeah. Just letting your inner child play. Like that's been something that like, I feel 
we stop ourselves from doing is just like, just letting go of like what's going on in your brain and just let your soul, your heart just speak through your body. Like that's it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Um, okay. So what are some of the greatest lessons you've learned along the way in pursuit of the life for yourself, where you get to share your Trinidadian culture through your dance and fitness? Ooh, Ooh, what are some of the lessons that I've learned along the way? Um, uh, I would say the biggest lesson is, um, I always come back to this word authenticity and just moving with purpose. Um, and I have taken, like, I'm still learning so much about my culture. It's, I'm never going to not, I'm never going to stop learning about it. It's so complex. There's so many layers to it. Um, but I feel like, um, the piece of being authentic to it and when I'm teaching or performing or anything like that, it's to share that knowledge. And like I said, when I share that knowledge and I play that music, I want people to understand why they're moving um, because that's helped me understand why I'm moving. That helps me understand why I get so emotional sometimes. Like there'll be times I'm driving and I'll be playing soca music and it's the happiest music. Like we, we, we both agree it's the happiest music. Tell me why I'm like crying. <laughs> but it's really just because like it's it's an emotional connection to everything and yeah I feel like the biggest the, the lessons would just be to um I I just teach what I what I know um when it's with movement music and the biggest thing too is the whole the reason soca is what it is it was to bring two cultures together right so the east indian community and the african community and that's uh in the 70s like the soca music it sounds a lot different now but you hear the influences of those two cultures so bringing those two cultures together that's what it's based off of right so um yeah that i think that's the biggest lesson actually is just knowing that the creation of soca music is um, the reason why I get to do what I'm doing and the reason why I'm getting to share it and the reason why the whole bringing different age groups, backgrounds together, it's, it's, that's exactly why we use it. Yeah, bringing people together, create mm-hmm. community from all walks of life. All walks of life, yeah. Oh, I love that you can share that. <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's on the fence and thinking about burning their ship to pursue their passion, but the thought of doing so is so scary. It's almost paralyzing. Write it down. I feel like um, <laughs> there's things that I wish I did. Diff- Not I wish I did differently, but it could have made the process a lot easier if I um, I wrote it down and really planned everything out and um I think along with that is having make sure you have a great support system um and on top of that is make sure your why is very very strong and you understand that because if you don't have a why as to um why you're going to burn your ship why you're going to go into this next journey a new journey into your life um when times get tough, you're, it's, you're going to succumb to it and, you know, regret and everything's going to set in, but having that why written down somewhere around you, so you can always refer back to it. Um, that, that would be the hugest thing. So, um, yeah, just take the leap, um, know your why, have a great support system around you and just write it out and, um, stick to the plan. And, and, and be honest with yourself. Like, don't, don't say like, this is going to be super easy and I'm going to do it. Like, no, it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be hard. Laugh, figure out how you're going to navigate that situation and, you know, take your moments of like, you know, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. And I think, I think that's the big thing too, is allowing, um, allowing yourself to feel like doubt and all that stuff. It comes to everybody. Um, 
So I think just allowing yourself to just like acknowledge that, feel it, but don't sit in it for a solid 10 days. And then you're like, okay, I'm good. Acknowledge it and like, okay, let's go. Right. Yeah. Hype and, yourself up. Uh, yeah. And then go take a Soka fit class and then yeah. you're back to feeling great. Like yeah. <laughs> life is good. <laughs> yeah. When you say, write it down, what are you referring to? Like write down your fears, write down the goal, write down your why, like write down the process. Um, I think all of that actually. So write down the process. Um, uh, you know, what, what steps do you need to take? Like, and I guess goals, but then write down the steps of what you need to do to reach your goals, right? To attain your goals and make and make them attainable too. Um, smart goals was something that has always been like in my life, but I, there's times that like I struggle to stay consistent with them. And, but once I realize like the goal, it means I have my why, then I'm like, okay, I need to stick to them. It's not like, uh, maybe I'll come back. Nope. That this is my why. This is why I need to stick to this goal. And this time I'm going to reach my plan. So um, yeah, writing down your why, writing down your goals, writing down what you want to achieve and like timeline it all out. Um, and yeah, just, I, I, and you know what, I think even like writing down your thoughts, like even your, your doubts and everything, write them on a separate piece of paper, all of your doubts and everything, just to get that out of your head. Sometimes for me, like if there's something stuck in my head, I'll either talk it out loud just to get it out. I'll talk to somebody just to get it out of my brain or I'll write it down just to, you know, get it out of my brain, but then I'll just crumple it up and then put it to the side. Cause I won't, I just, just, I just need it out of this space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think that is so important to, you know, um, give it, give the thoughts. Um, can't think of the word. Um, like let the thoughts come, but then mm -hmm. don't let them. Yeah. Don't sit in them and, and then let them go. Yeah. yeah here we go. Yeah. Okay. So let's say your little imposter mm -hmm. is, has went on a vacation. Like your imposter is gone, not hanging around. You have your why you've got your fiance on your other shoulder cheering you on. You have all of your support around you and absolutely anything is possible. You can attain anything what is it that is in like written down one of your goals? What do you want to write down? What would you do um, if there was absolutely no limit? Okay. These are great questions. I love this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so no limit. My, one of my goals that I have written down is to um, create a Soka Fit team. Um, I right now, and this is probably the biggest one actually, um, for me to do this on my own is like, I, I would love to spread this as far as possible, right? But there's only one of me. And um, to go far, I need, uh, I need more people with me. Um, so I think that'd be the biggest thing is to grow my team um have a bunch of soca fit instructors all over the world um and then uh open a studio a soca fit studio and also um just travel 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 and like I, my dream is just like monthly have like soca fit um conferences all over the world that that's my ultimate that's your goal. Is there one person that you want to perform for or be yeah. a part of? Yes. Okay. Now you're digging deep. Okay. So <laughs> we're putting this out into the universe. We are like, your imposter is gone. Like we're just getting everything out here. So there's this. Okay. So it's funny because from since I was a child, uh, in Trinidad, there's something called Soka Monarch, right? And Soka Monarch is this massive competition. There's all of these Soka artists that um, they come together and they perform, they compete against each other, right? So I swear, from since I was like 10 years old, there's this Soka artist named Masha Montano. And from I was 10 years old, I'm like, I'm going to be a backup dancer for Mashal. I love Mashal Montano with all of my heart. Everybody knows this. My fiance knows it. It's all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
And there was a time we were in Trinidad and I was, I think I was 12 years old and we're on the beach and my dad is like, oh, that's Marshall right there. And my dad is fearless. My dad doesn't care. He's, he, we call him Joker because he's a jokester. And I was, I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he was like, I'm going to go ask him to take a picture with you. I'm like, no, 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 no. So he brings him over and he's like, she wants to take a picture with you. And I was just like, <laughs> and he's like, she's a dancer too. I'm like, stop. I was 12 at this point in time. Okay. Um, so from that day, like, I've always wanted to back up dance for Masha. Like that has been my ultimate dream. And um, last year, he said that he was having his last concert. He's like retiring. -ish. So I'm like, no, my dream is gone. But I feel like he's going to come back. So if he comes back, your girl's going to be back behind him dancing. Oh, back. yeah. Or, or maybe he'll be your backup dancer at one of your conferences. Right? I yeah. mean, he's, he's huge with Zumba. So like, I feel like, come over to me, Masha. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I've got to go check out, uh, check out who this is. Yes, please. You've yeah. like the king of <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, we're putting it out into the universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So lastly, where can everyone find you at? If they want to join a class, if they want to catch you live or in person, where can they find out more about what you've got going on? Okay, so best way would be on my website. So it's www.socafit.ca, S-O-C-A-F-I-T, or um, social media, same thing as SocaFit. Um, and all of the information is there. And uh, if you want to go online, online classes, you can go to the website as well. But we're here okay. for you. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll definitely link all of that in the show notes. So go check that out and you can find Sherelle and get some of the uh, sunshine in a bottle that she is, get some of her energy to lift you up and bring you the joy and um, add to your day. So yeah, thank you for being here. I've loved chatting with you and I can't wait to see what comes next for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.